Mark, did you know Nick's Nico's nickname in high school growing up was crazy? <laughs> I did not. Do you know why? Why? Well, it's not even that big of a deal. Something like 8% of kids do it. For some reason, I don't know why, he would just kind of sit around all day and draw pictures of dicks. <laughs> I'm only kidding. But you know what the jerk did do? He's the reason I went to UNLV. Yeah, he convinced me to go to UNLV, and then he bailed on me before I went. <laughs> Does that remind uh, you guys of anybody in a movie? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good parable. I just told that story to a girl yesterday. <laughs> Next, we find out why Jonah Hill really is a young Seth Rogen. Movie Tales. I'll have what she's having. Hosted by Mark, Jeff, and Nick. Round up the usual suspects. Three lifelong friends who all dropped out of film school because they all figured out they loved watching movies more than making them. Are you not entertained? Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. These cinephiles review and reveal widely unknown factoids, lore, myths, trivia, and cultural impact of the movie. Mostly funny. I'm your huckleberry. Sometimes serious. I'm gonna make him an awful game. Definitely interesting insight into the best movies we only thought we knew. He's looking at you, kid. Mark, what are we watching this week? Well, boys, we are going back to 2007 and we are watching Superbad. And for those of you that have not seen Superbad... Get off this and go watch it right now. <laughs> and for those of you that have and need a refresher, Superbad Super is the story of Seth and Evan and their best friends, inseparable, navigating the last weeks of high school. Usually shunned by the popular kids, Seth and Evan luck into an invitation to a party and spend a long day with the help of their nerdy friend, Fogel, trying to score enough alcohol to lubricate the party and inebriate two girls, Jules and Becca, <laughs> so they can kickstart their sex lives and go off to college with a summer full of experience and new skills, boys. Their quest is complicated by Fogel's <laughs> falling in with two inept cops with both slow and who both slow and assist the plan if they do get the liquor to the party what then is sex the only rite of passage at hand thanks imdb we appreciate you as always yeah, that is a good one does ask some interesting questions for sure excellent, it does ask excellent. some interesting questions uh why don't we jump right into it and um you know what i'm gonna go first i love it take i'm gonna take do charge mo moment in time Moment in time. So I saw this this movie with uh, friends in the movie theater when it came out. Uh, just, I, I believe I was uh, just a couple years out of college, but still in my young 20s. We uh, <laughs> snuck beers in and had that awkward moment where we opened the beers and everybody in the audience knew what we were doing. Right. <laughs> Nick, when did you see it? You saw it in the theater, I'm assuming. No, this is a really good story, actually. And really? it's not really relevant. I didn't really appreciate this movie the first time I saw it. My buddy after going to business school at Purdue, decided to move out to Hollywood and try to be an agent. If you're listening, Ben Sable, I hope you know we're laughing at you. 
And he worked at, as a junior agent at this agency, and one of their agents was Christopher Mintz-Platzer. And they had a lot of clients in this movie, so he brought home a DVD before it even came out in the theater. And it was like super crappy, it was stamped, quality wasn't the greatest, and we watched it on DVD at home. And everybody loved it, it had super hype already. I didn't love it, but uh, it was a great first watch with your buddies, you know, especially we were at that age, I think we were like 24 years old, so it's a great yeah, memory. It was, like the, it was a perfect time for us to be watching yeah. this movie. Yeah. This movie and American Pie really came out for the perfect time for our age yeah. groups. We were yeah. still living in high school back in 2007, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I remember seeing this opening weekend, and the hype on this movie was, uh, was unreal leading up to it. This movie was popular long before it ever came out and it was it was just uh, this hilarious hype raunchy teen comedy so i was all in obviously because of american pie like you just said jeff and it certainly did not disappoint it was one of those theatrical experiences where you just laugh hysterically with the rest of the audience and you just come out and your face is sore when you walk out of the theater from smiling and laughing so hard this movie, it's one of my all-time favorite comedies, and it was a very easy rewatch. I've seen this movie over 20 times now. It never it never lets me down when I want a good laugh. This is my... I'm a fan of raunchy humor, Seth Rogen's humor. Just I'm, I'm a fan, so it's an easy watch for me, and I probably watched this movie 10 times right when it first came out. I own the DVD, and it's probably got skips in it. <laughs> but, uh, Jeff, kick it. What well, worked? Everything, I think. But I, I mean, the comedy, the writing, the cast. One of the reasons this movie is so successful is, uh, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but sometimes in Hollywood, they're just lucky to catch lightning in a bottle. And I really feel that they managed to do that with this movie. Because if this movie was made now or even 10 years from when, the, when it first came out, uh, which I guess was only three years ago, but like, it would cost like $100 million in salary. Uh, I mean, it happens to be Emma Stone's first movie. Yeah, uh, yeah it was yeah, like Michael sure. Michael Sarah in his prime um, when he was playing. I mean, he always kind of plays Michael Sarah, but it was literally like the prime of his career. Literally, probably, arguably, the prime of Seth Rogen's career. Jonah Hill. Uh, the I mean, who's the other cop with uh, names eclipsing me? Bill Hader. Bill Later. Hader. Uh, just. An incredible cast, and uh, you don't. Sometimes you get lucky, and they really got lucky with the group of people that they had in this film. Were all people that uh, would later pretty much headline movies or TV series by themselves. I think what made what made them so lucky was they caught this group of up and coming actors right at the right time. Right? I mean, they were all household names. Bottle. Yeah, lightning, lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Right. They all went out to be starring roles in their own movies from here on out. Right. Even if there were small roles in this. Everybody. 100% agreed. Yeah. 100% agreed. Versus yeah. before, nobody really knew who the hell they were. For and sure. it just, and it, it, sometimes things just work. Ah, uh, Mark, what about you? Well, uh, so my notes, I have a few things. This movie, it's, it really is as laugh out loud funny as any other movie for me. And it might be a top five comedy for me. We'll, we'll get into that later, but. First and foremost, the relationship between Seth and Evan is perfect. Jonah Hill and Michael Sarah, they're perfect together. And then all of a sudden we get this cherry on the Sunday in the form of the third wheel friend Fogel, a.k.a. McLovin. He's, he, I still can't believe this was his first movie with how great he is in it. And then Seth Rogen and Bill Hader as Officer Slater and Michaels are just perfect. 
<laughs> I, I just <laughs> they are they really are <laughs> they they're so perfect every scene is so money with them so it's just mclovin yeah <laughs> a badass it is badass really it's cool badass yeah name. The dialogue is so great from beginning to end. The comedy never lets up. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, who wrote this, they did a hell of a job with the script. These guys just do dirty, raunchy humor as good as anybody in the business. And some people might be put off by their style, but I'm not one of those people, so give me more. But what about you, Nick? I think this is the standard for comedies now. Anytime you hear about a good teen comedy, it's always like, it's the super bad, right? I remember that in 2019, the last Goodyear movies, right? 2020 doesn't count, boys. They said that about I Good agree. Boys and Booksmart, right? Like, it's like super bad. I, so it's definitely considered the standard now. Whether I agree with that does not matter. It's definitely a top five comedy. I think it was shocking at the time. Looking back now, it, do, it doesn't feel shocking. It's kind of like, uh, we'll get to some of that in my category. But what works is the friendship story. But also, when they started making these raunchy teen sex comedies, they really made them a lot about nothing. Just like Seinfeld. It's about nothing, right? Like, if you had started making movies in the 70s where kids went to parties, it wouldn't really fit. And then something about what John Hughes did, it changed that in the 80s, that led to the 90s, that led all the way into the mid-2010s, where people want to go see a movie about people going to a party, right? Like, it just doesn't, no real plot attached to it. Do you think it's about nothing, really? Yeah, kind of, a little bit. I mean, it's oh, about... Gosh. I think it's that, got heart, and I think it's about friendship. And, yeah. And, I think and you're both right. There's not a whole lot going on in the script, but yeah. it's, simp- it's, it's a simple got script. heart. It's definitely got heart, and it's definitely got emotion, and it's definitely got great... It's definitely a character's journey and got right. great character work, right. uh-huh. but I kind of see both of your points. There's, uh, But sometimes that works. Days but it's appealing. Yeah, it's appealing. I was just going to say Dazing Phase is incredible. And they no they nailed down the fast same on, Fast times at Ridgemont High. Right. Same thing. Um, they, nailed, they nailed that with this, too. I mean, it's, it's a fun movie about a night and doing nothing, right? Although it, there's a lot of heart in it. They did that well. They did it yeah, really yeah, well. yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a story about friendship. It's a story about two friends uh-huh. and it and an adventure they go on. It's it's great. It's simple it's, for sure. It's their last adventure, right? And we'll get into that script. We'll get into that. I got some. I was gonna. Scripts. Yeah, absolutely. That, uh, before we get into favorite scenes, actually, since we're on this subject matter, I was gonna bring it up later, but uh, I think this movie really has an important place. Hollywood. About every decade since Porky's did it in 1981 or started it, has kind of the teen sex comedy. Uh-huh. And, uh, I mean, like, Porky's is kind of so-so now, but at the time it was very shocking and very... Yeah, for uh, sure. Uh, like, it, it, <laughs> all these movies owe a debt to Porky's in a way, because it kind of broke it out in the forefront. And then in the 90s we got... Kind and of then, Re- Revenge of the Nerds too gets a little like ah, a little Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Revenge of the Nerds, Fast Mons, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. There was some bad versions. Uh, if you ever saw the movie Zapped, uh, funny movie, but <laughs> like there were some bad versions of versions of it as well. The '90s, we get American Pie, right? Which um, all these movies, as far as the teen sex comedy I'm going with, have the same plot. It's literally teenagers going out trying to get laid. Yeah, uh, and then two thousands we get a, we get super bad, and then in the two thousand tens we get uh, blocked or uh, cock blocked. What's blocked. the name of that? That's a great movie. That's a great movie. Uh, it's, I think it's called cock wait, blocked. Blockers. 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 Yeah, that's, that's right. a great movie. That's a great movie. And it's they kind of flip it on its head, of course, um, in the more sensitive two thousand tens or whatever, and they flip it to the about being about the girls, which is a clever. That was a great great move by them. But basically every decade. 
kind of has their version of high schoolers going out trying to lose their virginity. Yeah. And it's almost like a rite. It almost feels like a rite of passage. And it's kind of funny when it happens. I was thinking about this. Porky's comes out in 1981. And um, then Risky Business kind of does this as well. But those are early 80s. Then we kind of have the Reagan 80s with like all the conservatism <laughs> and all of that shit. So we have to wait till like 1999. <laughs> get back to, to get, the basics. To get, Bill Clinton had to get into the White House before we could get some, uh, some more uh, sex in high schoolers stories. Yeah. And then... Uh, 2007, uh, I mean, 2000s are kind of uh, not as PC and sensitive, so we get super bad, which might be the raunchiest. It and Porky is probably tied for the raunchiest of all Ooh. these movies. Then the 2010s, we have the cancel culture and the PC police out there. And so, yeah, we kind of they dial it back a little bit with blockers. But every, but uh, still, they got one out there in the 2010s, and I think that would be hard to do. Because I don't think, I see what you guys think, I don't think they could make this movie today. I don't think so either. And no, like people so. are just well, they tried, sensitive. they did, they did, and it's Booksmart. And if you compare Booksmart and Superbad, Superbad is far superior. But, but Booksmart's a good movie, though. But Booksmart's still it is, it is, a, it's a good movie. But Superbad's better. I, I've watched both of them in the last year, and this, I can, this is this is just a great movie, you guys. It's special. The dialogue is so special. <laughs> and. To your point, Mark, I'm going to pull this right out of my category of things you missed. Uh, Seth Rogen actually regrets the homophobic humor looking back today. I bet. So, I can totally see yeah, it. He does. Sure. He does. I'm, and, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure they cringe every time Seth's character calls Fogel Faggle. And yeah. it's I think that's those... the, it's a, it was kind of cringy for me, actually. Yeah, it was cringy. It's troublesome. It bothered, it bothered me as well. Yeah. And it's one of those things that's hard to analyze. It's, it's so hard to analyze art from a different time period. Right. Because I happen to think like Eminem is an incredible artist right. and a genius. But if you want to talk about problematic language, like, well. and Eminem was huge at the same time that this movie was. He loves so this movie. We, yeah, that's in my category too. So. It, I, he, oh, absolutely. I mean, we might as well say he's, it's his favorite movie right. of all time. He's claimed, he talks all the time about how much he loves it. Well, he's, but referenced yeah, but, it. he's referenced it in two songs. He has. But point, like point being, it's it's really hard because you, in some ways, you can't let it go, because it was never okay. So to let it go is kind of wrong because we're kind of in the shitty place we are now because so many people let it go for so long. But in the other way, you can't. You still got to recognize good movies and good songs right. for what they were because right. they didn't know any better and. Yeah. We went, I mean, we all went to high school in the late 90s and graduated like 2000. This is how, as unfortunate and sad and wrong as this language is, this is how everybody talked. Oh, yeah. And you're going to lie. You're a liar if you say that they didn't. Right. For sure. It's like, very authentic. It's which very, we, we, very we authentic. know is not okay 13 years later. And that's definitely. what, 100% not okay. And it yeah. just, it's, and it, that's what makes it, it's always tricky in analyzing old art when the times were just different and yeah. when i talked about things being too sensitive that is not what i'm talking about yeah. some of that some of this stuff was a long time coming and there's some i mean there we could go through the 1990s there are some troublesome movies and some troublesome scenes yeah. especially just, a lot of the cringeworthy homophobic language it, it did affect the way this movie aged that's 100 percent. it's just not as Agreed. fun to watch because of it it doesn't mean you it's not do, a good movie it does it just makes you do nice oh i found myself cringing as mark yeah. said every time you hear like the faggle or the yeah. like some of that was just and they didn't and seth rogan himself regrets having that in there right. so 
Even that, I mean, that, even the artist. So the irony of all it. that, the irony of the whole Faggle thing is, it 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 worked for the way they filmed this movie. Jonah Hill was Jonah Hill hated Christopher Mintz-Plasse when they filmed this, and to the point where they started to realize that Jonah Hill being angry in the scenes made those scenes better and worked mm. better. Well, that's but the reason it, they hired him. It was originally yeah, exactly. When he it was did the table raid, yeah. Seth Rogen said. Whatever you do, do not hire that guy. Mm-hmm. And um, not Seth. Um, Jonah Hill. Jonah said Hill. That. Jonah Hill yeah. said that. And Seth Rogen said, "You have no idea that that just makes me want to hire him that much more." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, he, it, so they 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 kind of fed off of that. So it's interesting. So I wonder almost if that line got written in. And yeah, he definitely cringes about it now. But that's okay. He'll always be McLovin to me, not Faggle. But let's jump in. Favorite scene, Jeff. What's your favorite scene? It's actually the beginning of the movie. Uh not the like the just the opening dialogue between Seth and Evan sets uh, it just sets up this entire movie. It uh, sets the scene and it it's part like really just you you know you're in for something different. The dialogue is so crisp, it's funny. They are both a hundred percent on. They're walking into. Uh, and it was really hard pinning down a favorite scene because it's a lot of the interactions and the interactions between Michael Sarah and Jonah Hill are my favorite part of this movie. And they just, they play off each other so well. And I think, I think Sarah is a little underrated in this because Jonah Hill kind of steals this movie, mm. but Sarah plays such a great straight man to Jonah Hill's energy that in a, it would have worked with a lesser actor, but Sarah is so perfect in that role; it just heightens everything that Jonah Hill is doing. What, Nick? What's your favorite scene? These eyes have seen a lot of loves, <laughs> but they'll never see another love like the one I had with you. It's dun, 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 dun. <laughs> these it's... eyes. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. That was a great backup vocal. Is this the house party scene? That's... By far. Was that your favorite too? It's in my notes. It's one of my favorites, but I have two others I want to give a shout yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, I I wasn't complaining when I said it had no plot. I love this sitting around and random. No, stuff and there's a reason and we're gonna talk about. Characters. Yeah, I love talk, it. We're gonna talk about that. I can't wait to get into that. Man. There's all these characters that. and these house fights, and it's just like, what the hell is going on? But you're loving it, right? For and sure. You're, you've seen all these characters that are about to be future stars. You know, like kids from Knocked Up, and when they're yeah. sitting in that room, I, that that single scene might be when they're in the room and they're like, "Hey, he's the singer. Sing for us!" And he's just so <laughs> nervous, he's out of his league, and he just starts singing for him just so he fits in. And it's just—he's so scared. <laughs> <laughs> that whole scene is based on a story from uh, on based on an actual party that Seth Rogen went to in high school. Their first party yeah. they went with, like they went to that had adults at it, drinking and partying. Yeah, yeah. And right. they basically. Seth Rogen says uh, he, they basically had to tone down the party they attended because people wouldn't believe it on screen. It was yeah. a bodybuilder and oh, yeah. a midget's house. Oh, mm-hmm. you stole my one of my moments oh, here. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I, tell you want to get finish, into it? No, no, finish. no. Let's get into it later. No, let's get tell into it. Tell, That's the teaser. Tell him now. Tell him That's now. a teaser. Right. That's a teaser. No, it's a well, teaser. It's I'll let you finish. Bodybuilder, I mean, bodybuilder midget teaser, everybody. That's kind of we'll all back. I had. I don't know exactly what happened with the bodybuilder. The no, don't worry. Midget, no, no, you're good. The, you're good. You're good. We'll get back put, into it. it, it, uh, it so just to finish, it just reminded me of Days of Confused, which is one of my top ten movies. Love that Just where just random things are happening, right? Like, And you like that one because of how much story is going on in that movie? 
Yeah, you know, no, I, I wasn't <laughs> complaining. I'm just telling you, it's like they're at the Emporium and random shit's happening and there's conversations that mean nothing. And nice burn, nice burn, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I might. I think I, I actually like Days Confused a little bit better than this movie. I love yeah, I do both, too. But I had to point out the uh, Days the Confused obvious there. Days, Days it's a confused. show about nothing. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, Days and Confused might also be on my list, and the, the one of the greatest movies ever made is probably about nothing, which we'll get in. We'll mention that later too. Lots of teasers tonight, boys. Right. So my it's favorite great scene. With teasers. Yes, Mark, yeah. get into it. Uh, well, so I have, so I love the Michael Sarah singing scene as well. But one of my, <laughs> so I have two scenes. I'm in a, I'm doing two because I don't care. I love this movie so much. So the tiramisu rant with the home ec teacher and Jonah Hill in the beginning of the movie, when. He has no partner, and he gets he just goes on this just rant with the teacher, and that's how he gets paired up with Jules, and it it basically puts the whole story into play for us. But just that scene with how Jonah Hill talks to that teacher, and it's just so perfect. And he's you know at some point he's just like, when the fuck am I gonna need to make tiramisu? Right. And he's just so mad, and you see like, look at Evan over there, he's having so much fun, and I'm over here by myself, and I don't know, I'm, <laughs> I'm eating my shitty food, watch him, and he's apologizing for his language. <laughs> it's just, it's such a good scene, I love it. It's it, like Jeff said, it it's the standout for the movie. And then going back, Jeff, you said you know how you love the beginning. Uh, it, I love. I'm sure you're talking about like up and like. Through the Seven Eleven scene, right where they yes, get the drinks just, and everything. Yes, just the All beginning, it, right? the introductions of their characters. For sure, and, and it ends. That scene ends with uh, Seth getting spit on, right? Meh. So, and and we hear Evan. You know, you really bitched out back there, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then and Seth, I bitched out. You bitched out, fucking Judas. And Evan, and this is my favorite. What do you want me to do? Dive in front of the spit? It's <laughs> So and that's that ends that scene, and I love that line too. I have one little issue with that scene, uh, that's always kind of bugged me. So that's supposed to be the super cool, popular guy that like wasn't letting them go to their party, right? right. Yeah. They chose like the nerdiest looking dude to split Oh, for them. sure, for like, sure. They totally. Every blew time it. I see this movie, I'm I don't. Like, that guy looks nerdier than Michael. Okay, Sarah here's, my, okay. here's my question. I don't. So I think we should just buy him as a bully more than like a super popular guy. Right, I think I so was too. Like, did, were there no? I know that they went to can to high school in Canada, but were there no jocks in Canada? <laughs> I'm calling it a bully. <laughs> oh, but anyway, so that last scene that I love, guys, is the police car destruction scene, aka Panama. Dun, 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 yeah, it's a great, it's a great use of that song. It's I just a great. I love the scene. Bill Hader is so good in almost he everything he, he does. Really he's is. fantastic. And, and he, just so, he's been asked so many times to play cops because of how he played a cop in this movie. <laughs> just so you, you know. You know the cops still come up to him and they say love him. like and they say like how accurate their portrayal is. They're like, We just fuck around all the time when we're on the job. He says it, it's actually it's told to him so often it's become a bit disturbing to him. <laughs> That they related to it so well. Oh my gosh. Quotes, quotes, we got quotes. Nico, give me a quote. Well, that reminds me of Bill Hader. This wasn't even on my what? list, but he says, We thought you were our friend, McLovin. I, or when he got on his. <laughs> <laughs> he was all hurt that McLovin ran away, but. Uh, Real quick, on quotes, we're going to do this rapid fire, boys. We're, I'm just going gonna to go around Robin because this movie has too many quotes for us to only go with just three, but we're not going to be here forever either. So, all right. 
Uh, Pussies on the I pavement, mean, fellas. Boom. Pussy. There you go. I like one of the reasons I love the opening, setting the tone for the whole movie. Literally, the first lines of the entire movie are: Evan says "yo" and Seth says "hey, man." I was doing some research for next year, and I think I figured out which website I wanted to subscribe to: the Vagtastic Voyage. Just not that it's a great quote, but I, it sets the tone. You're, as soon as you hear that, you're like, "What the fuck am I watching?" Oh yeah, that's when we get the Coen Brothers line. The, <laughs> the, the Coen yes. Brothers making my porno line. It's such a good line too. <laughs> I what, what do you what do you got, Mark? Give me one. I love Seth's line early in the movie when he says, you know when you hear girls say, oh man, I was so shit-faced last night, I shouldn't have fucked that guy. We could be that mistake. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> could be those guys. Quote. That is my favorite quote of the movie. <laughs> you know when you hear a girl saying like, oh, I was so shit-faced last night, I shouldn't have fucked that guy. We could be that mistake. <laughs> that quote's perfect because as bad as it sounds, was that not the goal of every high school kid you ever knew that ever attended attended a party? I think it was, but I think it's more so college, personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah that too. Yeah. That too. What do you got, Nick? It. No, that's, that's what I had was pussies on the pavement. But I don't think you want to be a mistake because you want a second chance, right? Like, you're not... <laughs> yeah, mistakes yeah, yeah, yeah. don't get to come back. <laughs> yeah. What's, yeah. It, what's it like to have a gun? It's like having two cocks. Oh, if one God. of your cocks could kill someone... <laughs> It's such good. It's so good. Uh, I love Evan. Evan's got some really good lines. Jeff, I'm so glad that you said that earlier. He when he says, uh, "Fogel, shut the fuck up and take off that vest. You look like Aladdin." <laughs> Seth, nobody has gotten a hand job in cargo pants since Nam. <laughs> and then I love when Evan's about to get laid and he tells. Becca is like taking his clothes off all rough and he says just be careful because it's a meaningful sweater to me it's vintage Evan, Evan, I'm so wet oh yeah uh, they said that would happen in hell uh, when the, the guy that hits the guy that hits Seth he jumps out and says I'm gonna be totally honest with you guys I have a warrant out for a totally non-believing yeah. crime oh, yeah. okay but, there mercy see- street guys He's, a, he's part of, that guy's part of the Seth Rogen Judd he Apatow has, I've club. I've seen him somewhere. I know I've seen him. He's so yeah. funny, too. Yeah. And Danny McBride's in that in that club. Uh, at, at the end of the day, Jeff, one of my favorite lines is very simple. I am McLovin. I, on, <laughs> on, those same, on those same lines, and the officers at the end, hey, kid, what's your real name? <laughs> Fogel, it's Fogel. Fogel, fuck that. We're calling you McLovin. <laughs> It's so good. Perfect. What didn't work? What didn't work? Bell! 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 Oh, nothing. Just kidding. Um, though, not a whole ton. One thing that was kind of always bothered me about this movie, and this is super nitpicky, is they do that whole thing in the beginning where they act like these kids never go to parties. And everybody's like, we never see you at parties and all this. And yet, when they go to the party, nobody's, like, surprised they're there. And it, yes. they kind of act like they've been going to parties for years. It was, uh, it was a little weird to me. No, but I know. that's all. That, that's literally so super nitpicky. Because they're movie, almost, they're like the kids. Awesome. That's, that's very nitpicky. No, that it, no, but it's good. They're like the kids in Can't Hardly Wait that are up on the roof watching everything, right? Yeah. It's like their first time. Yeah, that may, that's fair. That's another great party movie. There's some good. Think of it. I, some I don't know any complaints that didn't work. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it disrespect. Yeah, there's not much that didn't work in this movie. Yeah, 
All right, career corner. So, Nico, do you know who Evan Goldberg is? I did not until you mentioned it the other day. Okay. Unleash, unleash. Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen, everybody. Let me give you some background information. They're, they're the people that wrote this movie. They're the executive producers on this movie. By the way, do you guys know the difference between an executive producer and a producer? Yeah. I looked that up today because I wasn't sure. Executive producer is the money guy. Executive producer has the end-all, be-all when it comes to decisions. Not necessarily the full money guy, but they're the ones that the, the they're the hierarchy. They're the high. They're on the totem pole. So Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen, they executive produce all of their movies and write all of their movies. So let's jump right in here. So these two guys, they meet when they're twelve years old, in bar mitzvah class. Yeah, both I saw that. learning Hebrew. They find out they both like to write and they both love comics, so this immediate friendship blossoms right away. Okay, They start trying to write Superbad when they were 13 years old. They spend the next nine years working on the Superbad script. Okay, They started out writing on Evan's sister's computer in her room after school. By the time they're 16, both of them have started smoking weed. So they're sitting in a Volvo with a laptop and they're riding and smoking weed on the side streets of Vancouver somewhere, okay? Nowadays, they're doing the same thing, except they're not in the Volvo and they're, at, you know, at, at each other's houses. They, uh, they just don't have to sneak around to do it anymore. They've collaborated on a number of films together, including Superbad, Pineapple Express, Green Hornet. That would be their comic love mentioned. This is the end. The Interview, and Sausage Party. And then in addition to Sausage Party, uh, they produce all of these films, so they've become quite successful in regards to their bank accounts and their Hollywood status. And even though Sausage Party was in 2016, they've still been busy doing The Preacher. Did you guys ever watch The Preacher? No, never heard of it. Preacher's a graphic, uh, graphic uh, comic that AMC was on for three years. So they just finished that up in 2019, and then pandemic hit, but... They're currently developing a documentary show about Sega versus Nintendo, the console wars, and I'm on board for whatever these two collaborate on. If they did a mayonnaise commercial, it would be the best damn mayonnaise commercial ever. So, But before Superbad, their first collaboration between Rogan and Goldberg, it happened when they were 12 years old and made a bad Star Wars spoof movie, and Goldberg actually starred in it, and Rogan was entirely off screen, and then they jumped into Superbad. And the reason it was interesting that you said Superbad's about nothing. So a lot of Superbad was basically stories that these guys had that happened in their lives over nine yeah. years. And Judd Apatow is the one that helped put a lot of that heart into that script and, and, and make it make it work, so to speak. They just it took years of rewrites, and that's why they spent nine years of rewrites to make this movie. And oh, create the I did, heart it took the nine humor. years of rewrites. Yeah, they they spent and because they started it when they were thirteen right. years old. Right. So when they started this movie, a lot of these stories were like middle school stories right. for them, and and then they evolved into high school. By the time they finished this movie, they were almost done with college. And that's how Greg Matola got involved. The director got involved. Yeah. Is it one? He he he'd like read it. And he said, "You guys have got to let me direct that if you ever make right. it." So he was shocked when he got they got the call and they said, they said, hey, you want to do super bad? They're gonna let us make it. And he was like, they remembered that he like grabbed onto that back then. And so yeah, so that's the story of Superbad and how it came to be. 
And that's the story of Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg and how their friendship came to be, and they collaborate on everything together. Is I mean, Seth Rogen's obviously acted in a bunch of other stuff, but everything he writes, he writes with this with Evan Goldberg. They write together, and they don't write separately. They work together in a room the majority of the time. And is this cool. every is this every movie that Seth Rogen does, or is every this... movie that Seth Rogen has written has been uh, with him? Okay. Evan Goldberg's written a couple of other things, like he did that hockey movie Goon. Mm-hmm. And he's done uh, some other TV stuff. But both of these guys did some writing for uh, the Ali G show way back right. in the day. That was some of their first stuff. And also, since it hasn't been mentioned, this story is about their friendship, right? Seth is obviously the character Seth. Exactly. Seth yeah. and, and Evan is Evan. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. right. For, for sure. They, that was in my category, too, but I pulled it out, and that was the perfect time to talk about he it. He tried yeah, it. No. Jonah, Jonah fought for this role. Uh, and they kept, because Seth Rogen knew him on like a different level, he thought of him as an older guy, and he didn't think that he could play younger because he just wasn't like he was thinking of him as like a peer mm-hmm. and so he kept trying to read they, he kept reading and they kept trying to give him like minor parts and he's like let me read for seth i'm perfect right and the problem um, was seth rogan and jonah hill they were best friends right and, and yep. so it, they had once they pulled the trigger on this they basically had to go find jonah hill a new best friend yeah and in comes in comes Michael Sarah playing Michael Sarah. Isn't that what you said earlier, Jeff? Yeah, I mean that's what he plays, but he does it. <laughs> but he, plays, he does but it he wonderfully. Does, he it's, does it he, wonderful. He's so good in this movie. He's so great in Juno, and he's great in Arrested Development. It's just oh, he kind of he's he's great in Scott Pilgrim too. Uh, yeah, Scott yeah. Pilgrim. What the hell's going on around here, it's Jeff? Unfor- wow. I didn't know there was. A, I like Scott Pilgrim. I don't like it as oh, much yes. as those other three things I named. But and what about what about oh. this is the end? Even though it's a cameo, oh, he was good. great. Yeah. And this is the end. I feel bad for Michael Sarah because I feel like he kind of aged out of his perfect like role. It's hard to play the awkward. But I mean, think of this guy. for a second. So right there, you just said this is the end. That movie's perfect. And Pineapple Express is a phenomenal stoner movie. Yeah. And just you know, Judd Apatow. If you look at his producer credits, he, if a movie was funny, he was involved in some way. He nails it, and then but then super bad. But no, these two these two friends they wrote and they were the they were the executive producers on all this. So Apatow just helped get them the funding. Well, no, I mean That's they're really all in a group. I mean they all met each other yeah. on Freaks and Geeks. And oh, for sure. They but all these, they run in like kids, a circle. But these two met each other before anyone else. That's my That's point. True. That's what's 100%. so cool about this story. These guys met learning Hebrew. When they were twelve, it's yeah. crazy to me. And they but, started super bad when they were thirteen, and it's movie. one of the greatest comedies ever made, in my opinion. I think it's, it's unbelievable. I think it's fantastic. So, as we like to call it, Hollywood folklore, I believe, Nico. And mm-hmm. I knew you would love that. So, hopefully, you got some good stuff out of that. And hopefully, I everybody have, I have too much. Yeah, it's good. I'm gonna uppercut you guys. I have so much. Uppercut. Uh, I, I love it. All right, uh, career corner. That was pretty good. Career corner. Are we ready for medals? Yeah, I'm ready for medals. I'll go. Go. Who you got? I think I think I'm going to shock you a little bit, actually. Uh, I have actually for bronze. I have Bill Hader and Seth Rogen. I, I really agree with Mark how special they were in this movie. That's they were my tie. favorite scenes outside of that party scene. It's a tie. Uh, yeah. You I mean, both uh, cops. They're, they're the yin and yang. I'm with you. I like it. Yeah. Fuck. I'm going to give. Would <laughs> <laughs> so you want mad. me to give a medal? Dude, to I each had one? such a debate. I am very frustrated with my bronze. I had between two people. <laughs> like I, I, I've changed it five times. Oh, well, yeah. hey, it's metal, boys. It's fun. We get to do our own. Yeah. Play. I'm not even going to give an honorable mention to Jonah Hill. I mean, he's his character now, he's, he's the least fun part of this movie, I'm going to be honest. 
he, he kind of whines a lot. He's that whine, what's that whiny friend category that you created, Jeff? No I feel like he belongs friend. somewhere in between there. <laughs> he gets no honorable mention. He gets no medal. I'm going to give the silver to Michael Sarah. He was special in this movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I'm fine. No, I'm fine with that. I'm just so mad that you like, just dismissing Jonah Hill's Yeah, I know. It's true. Get out of here. But for <laughs> gold, I'm giving to McLovin. He's the only character of this whole movie that he still gets the name from his character of this movie. I can tell you, I saw McLovin at multiple festivals, including Bonnaroo. I've, seen, I've been on a plane with him to Tulum. At the, for New Year's 2020 or 2019 it's because he doesn't make as many movies as the rest of these guys I mean he, he had his run <laughs> he I, we all know his real name Christopher <laughs> Mintz Placer right but like he's still no, no I, I mean to, he's I had to look him and Michael Sarah made the same same movies but he's known as McLovin I feel like no way, this man. is his first movie he was underage Ooh. I think he delivered He this movie is not the same without him I know I agree but this is he's a one hit wonder I got, oh, you no got him. His, you gave him his goal. The he goal, was in so kick It's a, good, it's he a is great in the time. Ki- he is in the kick-ass movies, but he, who cares? He's, he's not anything he's special. Good in the, in he's good in the. He's in role models. He's in role models. He's got. He's got a resume. He's, uh, got a, he's, he's worth twelve million. He's. Got, he's, he's, <laughs> done, he's anyway. done his work. He's good. I love him. Don't get me wrong. This is I love a great you. time to talk. You mentioned he's seventeen years old. This is a great time to talk about one of the great stories on set. Oh boy! This, oh, yeah. so this be, poor guy. This poor mother. Because he's seventeen, his. He, a parent had to be um, present for any like sexual scenes, right? So they had to have his mom there in the scene. And there's some super weird ass Hollywood rules regarding mm. sex with a minor. Right. Uh, I say one of them being the reason she's on top and he's not on top is he's not allowed to mount anybody. I don't no. know why it's better that she mounts him. I'm very confused by that. Uh, the other, the other thing is they can have no grind, grinding or like dry humping. So mm-hmm. like they, uh, they literally had to like edit the thing down and like, like several times give several different, and, and he's like saying no dry humping, no grinding. Um, right. but then he's having to say, okay, he's in you. This is the director. These are all quotes right. from like the director talking about having to do this scene. And the whole time his mom is standing there watching and it's funny like Seth Rogen was talking about it he's all you know I just don't get Hollywood we had to go through all of that for that but then we nobody nobody cared at all that we have him smoke a cigarette we have him blow up a cop car we have him buy booze sit at a bar and drink alcohol (laughs) but hooking up with a girl that's playing his own age that's one years older with him is the ultimate Hollywood taboo we'll never allow that and he's like I don't get Hollywood. I uh, got a great midnight pondering about McLovin, so I love, I'm okay with that. Am I going or are you enough. going, Mark? Uh, you can go ahead. I'll finish up. There's just I'm just going to put it out. There's not enough medals to go around for this movie. This, this is true. This is true. So my honorable honorable mention actually went to McLovin. Uh, he's great in so this movie. So did mine. So did mine. So did mine. He's we'll kind of a, a he's a nobody. He nails the role up and comer, like you said, first role. I I feel like others could have probably played it. I feel like it's a very well-written role, but I think he nails it and does a great job. I have zero complaints. Uh, my bronze goes to Michael Sarah. I'm really glad you gave him his silver. He's special in this movie. And I, I just... Having the straight man next to the comedic genius in Jonah Hill is like... Jonah Hill, everything that he does great in this movie probably doesn't work as well without... Michael Sarah playing off of him. And it's very underrated. And it's actually, it might even be harder to do 
Jonah Hill gets the easier lines, the funny laughs. You just kind of like say it and wait for the audience. But it's all Sarah's reaction that really like makes it super funny. So great job, Michael Sarah. Silver goes to Seth Rogen. He wrote this movie. I've, I've given it to him for multiple reasons. He wrote it. He's terrific in the uh, cop season uh, and all of the cop scenes. Mostly he gets it because, I mean, double duty there, but the writing of this film, this is his baby, this is his project, and he literally wrote one of the funniest movies of all time. Uh, so kudos, Seth Rogen. The gold goes to Jonah Hill. You're wrong, Nick. He completely, he owns this movie. This movie is not a top comedy without him. He's the reason everybody laughs their ass off in this movie. It's it's the Seth character's lines, whether and the Seth's character's reactions to everything. He's also a lot of the heart of this movie. Uh, when he when he picks up and he carries Evan back home, and you see the underrated actor is Jonah Hill. You see the hurt on his face when he learns for the first time that his that his friend is abandoned him for college. And like, if anybody doesn't know what that feels like, just kidding, Nick. Uh, <laughs> I had to throw in the dagger there. Uh, but uh, Jonah Hill, hands off gold. He he is the MVP of this movie, in my opinion. No quarrels with your with your choices, and I, I tend to agree with you. But uh, honorable mention did go to McLovin. He's great. I had him as bronze, but then I had to put Evan on there, uh, Michael Sarah, because Michael Sarah is the unsung hero with his quiet comedy in this movie. So I had to give it to him. Seth uh, Jonah Hill got the silver medal. He, I had to give Seth and Evan medals because they did perfect with the other Seth and Evans movie. And I gave them the gold because they spent nine years writing this movie and they started this movie when it was 13, when they were 13 years old. And just the idea of thinking that I was in seventh grade when I was in third, when I was 13, we were in seventh grade when we were 13 and these guys were writing a movie in their sister's house uh, their sister's their sister's bedroom because she had a computer in there that they could type on it, i just the idea of to it's just crazy to me and for the fact that it turned into super bad that's why they're my gold medal so kudos to them so moving along i talk i asked you guys top five comedies and i'm gonna go quick because i don't want to bore everybody but this is one of my top five comedies and in no particular order, my top five comedies are Caddyshack, Big Lebowski, Something About Mary, Superbad, and Office Space. Good stuff. Those are my favorite comedies yeah. of all time. I got time. no problem and, with that list, and, except and for I, Caddyshack, yeah. And I, and I really, like, I really put thought in this because I was able to come up with another five, you know, like Drummond has the other 50, and Days and Confused, Hangover, Fear and Loathing, Old School, and Fletch are those other five. So I actually came up with a quick ten, but... That's how easy it was for me to put Superbad in the top five. It's that good for me. What about you guys? Where do you guys stand with that? You want to hear ours? Or you want to know if we agree with your list? No, you don't have to agree with my list. Nobody should agree with my list, but I know you I'll like give my top five. Those. I'll give my top I, five real quick. I know I know you like most of those movies, so where you, I'm just curious if where I'm, you guys stand with... If I'm going just laugh out loud and I'm not worried about like story or character or anything like that, but just movies that I can watch over and over again that are just hilarious, it is Office Space, Superbad, Dumb and Dumber... And probably uh, Chasing Amy. Um, those are the movies that make me laugh the most. Big Lebowski uh, probably in there as well. Uh, Chasing Amy, I go back and forth because it has such a great story too. Everything I said, but honestly, I laugh at every freaking scene in that movie. What's a Nubian? What's a Nubian? I'm going to throw in... 
I'm gonna throw in high fidelity. I love it. You know, that's that's my own personal one. I wish you do I would do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, but I, I mean, Big Lebowski, Office, Office Space is one of the most enjoyable movies of my life. I, I mean, when we do, it's that my number it's, one. Yeah. It's my number one yeah. comedy as far as laughing. No movie yeah. makes me laugh more than Office Space. Yeah, it's. <laughs> it it's was right a fine name till that no talent ass clown took it. Took it. But I mean, I'll put Swingers on there too. Swingers still makes me laugh. I, I always had Swingers on the list too. Like it was, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I personally think Swingers is a way better movie than this, but I don't want to get into that. But it's it's you know, that's why I put man, my like laugh out laugh out loud. Jeez, if we're just, just talking me, movies. Yeah. You just made me kick a movie out. I just had to kick Fear and Loathing. And put Swingers yeah. in that second five. I mean, it's so good. It's so funny. I but, bumped Swingers from Big Lebowski when I, as far as the laugh out loud. Swingers is a better movie than Big Lebowski, but Big Lebowski laugh. Like, yeah. That movie. Big, Le- Big Lebowski is unreal. It's as right. good as it gets. It's, it's possibly, like, it's definitely one of my top ten movies of all time. It's yeah. possibly top five. Mark, what time is it? <laughs> oh baby time. it's midnight everybody it's time for some jeff's midnight ponderings what do we got i've got a couple ponderings this week what do you got jeff? all right so is becca kind of a predator so let me <laughs> let me lay out the case she makes evan drink vodka when he shows up at the party calls him a lightweight when he doesn't want to drink anymore then she insists on isolating him from his friends when she has to tell him a secret so she can have him alone in the room These are some of the lines that come out of her mouth once they're alone in the room. Let it happen. Just relax. And when he tries to stop things, she literally tells him to quit being a little bitch about the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe this movie is just a cautionary tale for high school boys and the predatory nature of high school girls. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's. I love it. All right. That's my bitch. Uh, um, Nick, over under on number of girls McLovin sleeps with in college. Ooh, three. I, I was wow, saying about three and quick. a half. Wow, you guys are going quick. I'm thinking Fogel, Fogel already got laid. We're going 11. Yes! <laughs> yes, McLovin has a great. I, I'm switching my bet. Mark, McLovin has a great college career. He gets all and the McLovin's, he needs. And McLovin's going to college with a fake ID already. He's, and he's go, But he's going to Dartmouth, right? I mean, and I yeah, he's going to I Dartmouth. Don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe speaking it. No. Of is, speaking of that, those is, schools are stuffy. Those are stuffy schools. Is, I'm sticking to three. Is McLovin or Seth the best man in Evan's wedding? Ooh. Seth. Seth. Does he marry Becca? Or when do they break no. up? No, no, it's high school. They don't even get together. Uh, yeah. He goes, his... to, he goes to Dartmouth. That's it. They go to a couple lunches over the summer. Um, What do you got, Mark? So I was sitting there literally last night, and I think it was a 1 a.m. pondering. And I was, <laughs> thinking, I was thinking about McLovin and how he's one of those characters that's just immediate comedic relief within the comedy. And I started running those characters in my mind. And they weren't just high school characters because then I thought of Stiff. I obviously thought of Stiffler who is a high school character. And then I thought of Billy Bob from Varsity Blues. But then I thought, uh, oh, and then Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So, like, where these characters, every time they come on scene, it's just to do something goofy. And, right. I, I, and then... Slapsticky. And then I thought, I even thought of... Um, you remember Taj from Van Wilder? <laughs> the yeah. early Ryan Reynolds movie? He's got, yeah. like, the foreign exchange guy. That Just every scene, it's just him just being something stupid because he's foreign exchange and doesn't know any better. And then I thought of Alan from The Hangover. And then I thought of Melissa McCarthy from Bridesmaids. But I think McLovin is as good as any of them. Yeah. And, 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 I agree and with that. 
And that's why I said it was so hard. We I didn't have enough medals to give out because McLovin was an honorable mention, and I was just able to paint him that compliment. So that was my way of giving you a medal, McLovin. I found another way within the midnight ponderings. I was just curious. And then another pondering: if you're already popular, why are you going to have a party and spend a hundred dollars on alcohol for your friends when you don't even drink? Aren't you just going to pocket that money? Ah, uh, we had no. Nope, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to step in here. Nick and I had Nick and I knew a guy in high school who didn't drink pretty much most of his high school career, and he threw several parties. Okay, yeah. no, no, I know people threw parties, but okay, all right. I, I own a party bus company. I fake drink all the time. I go out of pocket for these kids also all the time. Oh, it fake. Ha- I fake I, drink all the time. I mean, I you know, I drink the seltzer beer. Like it's a great podcast. It's a great podcast. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to shoot it down so bad. No, no, no. But I mean, it's well because I also wondered if any of the. All kids right. So were- for you to shoot it down so quick, then it it adds it adds strength to the argument that Jonah Hill and her, and her don't work. Yeah, so, they don't. They do not work. Yeah, but um. In, I also wondered okay. how many uh, of these kids were poisoned for drinking laundry detergent flavored vodka. Yeah. But keep sure. going. You have more, Mark. No, no, that was <laughs> no, good. No, no. No, no, the only other pondering I had, and Jeff, you and I, were, we actually talked about this earlier today. And I said, is most, I, I wonder if most people's comedic work is their best comedic work, like their early work, if it's their best comedic work. Because they're loose? Because I started thinking about Apatow, and I was telling Jeff, I think 40-Year-Old Virgin is my favorite movie of his. And I think it was his first movie, or one of his first mm-hmm. movies. But then I think of this movie, Superbad, and I, it's definitely my favorite movie that Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg have written. And they've written, I, like I said, it's not I your favorite. Pop- jo- it's not your favorite Jonah Hill movie, though. No, but it's on my favorite fifty, along with The Wolf of Wall Street, and I know it's not Nick's because his is Moneyball. Which kudos to Jonah Hill. I mean, he's oh, great. I, lo- I love how much I love how much Mark knows me. You can just speak for me. He's yeah, right. He's right. But, but but I mean that's just great. Like, kudos to Jonah Hill. But I was just thinking, what's your favorite Judd Apatow movie off the top of your head, Nick? Do you know? It's because he's done so much. Jeff said his is knocked up, which is that's like his second favorite. And I know you and I we. It's probably knocked up. It's probably knocked up. It is for you too. I think it didn't hold up as much as I hoped it did watching it like last summer, but it's still a great movie. No, it is great. You know what's weird is like I don't like knocked up as much anymore, but this is forty is like resonating with me because I'm turning forty this year. This is forty. I thought that film. I love funny. Funny people. I thought it sucked. I I thought it sucked, but now I think it's good. I think Funny People's maybe the one of the best yeah. movies ever written about comedians. Ooh, should we watch it? Mm. I don't know. It's I, I so think good. I want to because I think I, I think I'm down for the rewatch on that. Anyways, yeah. things you may have missed. What did we miss? Anything? Well, I, I want to talk about. Uh, I think we don't want anybody to miss why Emma Stone and Jonah Hill didn't work, and here's why, in my opinion, because you're 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 onto something here, and I want to get onto it. He did nothing to earn the love of Emma Stone, right? That's why they don't work out. That's why they don't kiss again. I mean, he was pretty much kind of a, the. Yeah, he had heart towards his best friend, but he didn't do anything proper. Like, Michael Sarah earned the love of Becca, right? Like, he was kind to her. He wanted to pick He wanted to see her successfully get alcohol to the party. And Well, that's because he's kind, and Seth wasn't. That's yeah. I mean, Seth Rogen yeah. made a hell of an effort to... Uh, Seth Rogen. God. I know. Seth, Jonah Hill <laughs> made a hell of an effort to get alcohol there for her and to try to be the hero but he was doing it for kind of selfish reasons so yeah of course and that's what i'm getting to is like he didn't do anything special and he he's the male version of becca he might be a predator himself right exactly he's got this predatory attitude and that's why it doesn't work but uh the other things you may have missed there's so many guys 
I'm just going to go down. I mean, you knocked out a ton of them, right? I literally have a crossed out list here, but I have the F word was used 186 times. Do you believe that? Oh, I, uh, not only, oh, you have 186, I had 176, but that's fine. I had 186 It averaged, it averaged out to 1.6 per minute. Yeah. Ooh. How does and, that? I, you don't notice it. That's for sure. Did you know that Michael Sarah was and, actually drinking for a good majority of the film. Or, <laughs> I didn't. But Jonah Hill has eighty four of those f bombs. Right. Way. He gets he gets the majority of them. And Did Martha, have, his girlfriend, actually said he was so nervous during a lot of the sex scenes and make out scenes and the scene where he has to like punch her boob. They said they had to shoot that like fifty times because he was like he would like miss it like half the time because he was like so cautious and felt weird about like punching her boob and finally she just yells at him and says you can touch my boob it's fine <laughs> you guys already knew this but i'm gonna say it for the pod is that seth rogan was really supposed to pay jonah hill's role and then he decided to play the cop instead obviously but i think they need to know that but here's one did you know the term dtf doesn't actually come from uh jersey shore it, it comes, comes from, from this, this movie yep yeah Wow! They, they yeah, there it. you go. There's your uppercut, Mark. I know I, that is an one. uppercut. I got an uppercut for you. Did you know that all the alcohol in the movie is fake brands? Because no yeah. alcohol companies would agree to be shown in a movie this raunchy. Yeah. Okay. It make so sense. I got to <laughs> talk about something though. We got we forgot to bring it up. So when I saw this in the theaters, one of the most laugh out loud moments in movie theater history for me was the penis drawing scenes mm-hmm. the theater the theater lost it in that scene okay so the penis drawings featured in this film they're done by david goldberg evan goldberg's brother and they he did close to a thousand of them yep but they only used a handful featured in the movie and the closing credits but what makes the penis drawing scene even better is it required tons of legal complications because they had it involved kids and to get it on the screen so every single drawing had to be approved individually by the studio's legal department and they would get notes back saying like too big and too veiny yeah it was and the then, legal department's biggest biggest yeah biggest obstacle. hurdle and then they had to switch out the drawing For the, that becca, the, the little girl becca looks at and she couldn't actually look at a penis drawing so she actually looked at something else but I just thought I was just like, oh my gosh! I can't believe that that scene right. was one. Of, that scene gave him more trouble than almost any other scene. In right, the it was kind of a worthless scene too. It didn't really contribute to anything. But yeah, it I didn't. Mean, but that it scene's did. hilarious. When you th- it, I almost had it in my thing. favorite scenes. Here's the thing: as long as much as it didn't contribute, like I said, it is one of the greatest. Like it, just like a couple of the scenes from Something About Mary. If you saw that movie in the theater, it just it's home run. Home run. I laughed so fucking hard. And you laugh laugh even harder. I still laugh 13 years later. Yeah. And you laugh even harder, though, when there's a hundred other people laughing with you. Right. Totally. And we got to think in terms of contest. It may not be funny now, but it's funny as hell back then when it was first seen, you know? For sure. Final thoughts. Are we ready for final thoughts? Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, You guys go. No, you go. This movie is just a joy to rewatch. I could watch this movie probably every day for a year and still laugh at like really this shit yes oh my god i this is i laughed so fucking hard watching this movie the other day uh me and my wife the the one thing i wanted to point out that i love about this movie is pretty much all of the girls i know love this movie and you wouldn't think that you would think a movie about a couple of like a couple of nerdy boys wanting to get laid and drunk at a party or whatever would but for whatever reason 
women love this movie. Uh, it's because my friendship's got heart, baby. My my ex girlfriend loved it. My wife loves it. My um, every like one of my friends love it. It's like. It, yeah, no, my wife loves it. My stepdaughter loves I've it. I've not met a girl that doesn't like Superbad. And I think that that really tells something about how special the writing is and everything. Um, that it, it hits both sexes, even though... Because it's a movie about a couple of boys, but everybody loves it. Go, Mark. No, go ahead. No, I'll go. I'll go. Uh, I think that this movie's iconic, and i got to give it its respect, regardless of what I think. I've literally kept my mouth zipped for a lot of this because I realize how important it is. And this movie was made legitimately 14 years ago and it's still talked about today you know that's that's rare especially in the comedy world and i i see why it's special and i feel it i feel what you feel but it's got so many memories so i'm just gonna leave it at that that it's it's put us imprint in hollywood history and for at least 14 years who knows for another 14 years right who knows where comedy's going but i gotta give it its respect right now i can dig it i can dig it i you know so I can't emphasize enough how perfect this movie works as a comedy about high school friends and growing up. Mm -hmm. uh, it's Like you said, it's almost 15 years old. It still feels pretty fresh and modern. I've watched it upwards of 20 times. I continue to just laugh hysterically throughout. <laughs> and I, I hope our listeners, they had as I hope they had as much fun as we did on the revisit because... I, I thought it was great, and I, I it's just such a fun movie, and I love it. It's got a, like I said at the end of the day, that heart really shines, and I think that's what makes the rewatch so easy. But you know, on behalf of Jeff, Nick, and myself, thanks thanks again for listening, everybody, to another episode of Movie Tales. Go watch Superbad again. Take care, everybody, and uh, give us some give us some music, Nico. These eyes, <laughs> these eyes, I never seen another love like you. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> You got a better voice than me. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs>